Hello, women of God. This is Erica. And Narcelli. And we want to welcome you to the Upstream Pursuit podcast, the leadership podcast for Christian women going against the current. Welcome back, Pursuers. I am going to state the obvious. It's almost Christmas time, and I'm so pumped. So close. I, I know. I, um, I've come a long way because, do you remember, like, I used to be a total, like, Christmas Grinch, but now I, like, love Christmas, and I'm really excited that I get to see you this year. I know. Wait, you're still coming, right? Because <laughs> I would suck if you weren't. Oh, yeah. No, 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 for sure. I have been, you have no idea how long I've been counting down for me to get to, oh, for real? to Texas. Aww. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're that you're coming too and I think that I've grown to just really love Christmas music and I know that okay do you remember that song Labor of Love um that's the one that says uh it was not a silent night something like that that one There's blood yeah on the ground something about blood <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like wow that's so graphic everybody... that's a graphic song <laughs> Well, that's what I love about the song because remember, like everybody, well, like Silent Night is like the classic, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I remember that we used to always love Labor of Love because it was like the graphic version of so Silent graphic. Night, like the real raw version. Because like we know that night wasn't silent. Exactly. <laughs> that was me, you, and Denise. I think we tried to sing that one one, yeah, one year. Yeah, yeah. It was ago. a labor of pain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I know. And our harmonies were on point. Mm. Um, but I was thinking of that uh, of that song as it relates to today's episode because one of the favorite parts of that song for me is the second verse when it talks about Joseph. Because like I try to like picture it in my head, and it was like noble Joseph at her side, calloused hands and weary eyes. There were no midwives to be found on the streets of david's town in the middle of the night so he held her and he prayed remember that who sang that was that it was denise who would always sing that yeah i couldn't remember who sang which part okay yeah and uh i i just love that so much and uh anytime you know we we talk about christmas the focus is obviously generally like on mary and jesus but Joseph plays such an important part in this story. So this time, Pursuers, in celebration of Christmas, we wanted to shout out Joseph and just yes. highlight five different ways that he went upstream. So I'm really excited just to have this conversation. Yes, you can actually read the account in Matthew 1, 18 through 24. And I'm going to go ahead and read it today. I pulled it up. This is what it says. For those of you who don't remember the specific piece of the Christmas story, I'm going to start at verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. What a beautiful love story. I know it is. Um, (laughs) You know, but I'm sure this would have been a huge surprise to Joseph in hearing that, you know, Mary was pregnant. Yeah, I know. It had to have been, well, I mean, it was a big surprise. And and so I always kind of wonder, like, what he must have been feeling during that time. Because, I mean, so this man finds out that his wife is pregnant with another, well, from his perspective, because at this point, the angel of the Lord hasn't come to him, right? right? So, like, he's probably thinking, something's happened here. I mean, she ain't having my baby, right. so whose baby is right. it, right? And so, you know, I, I would imagine that in that situation, his he probably felt like his whole world had fallen apart, you know, um, especially in during that times. I mean, his his good name, because he um, from what I've read, he was just like a, a respectable man. And I mean, in the scripture yeah. that you read, it says that he was faithful. Yeah. So he would um, his name would have been dishonored. And then most of all, like his trust ha- had been from his perspective. Right. Had been yeah. violated. In, in modern day, this would have totally been an episode uh, of uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Jerry Springer. Yes. Or worse yet, an episode of more of Maury. Like I just like picture Joseph like at Maury. Is it Maury or Maury? I think it's Ma Ma Maury. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Maury. Maury. The guy that says you are not the father. That guy. Yeah. And like that would have been Joseph getting those news. And I, you know, like just imagine his humiliation, his broken heart. Um, I know like I would have been as a, as a man, I would have been angry. I would have been feeling betrayed. And, um, and then of course, like, you know how people are like all kinds of rumors would have been happening. And so, so just, you know, looking at the way that he responded during this debacle, I think that there's a lot of lessons uh, to be learned. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to just uh, talk through that. And so um, we want to share today just, again, five ways that we believe that Joseph um, went upstream. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, all right. So five ways that Joseph, shout out to Joseph, went upstream. Uh, number one. He did not expose her to public disgrace. So, Mm. you know, so we do see that Joseph is going upstream here. And instead of being led by his emotions, which you had talked about, right? Heartbroken, anger, um, Mm -hmm. betrayal, those types of things. Despite all of those emotions he might have been feeling, he did not expose her to public disgrace. And instead, Mm -hmm. he um, had just planned to divorce her quietly. You know, he wasn't going out making sure that everybody knew what she did and that, you know, he was going to be disgraced because even in that, you know, he would have people are still going to know. Right. Even if you divorce someone quietly, you're still getting a divorce. Like there's still people who are going to like wonder what happened um, in all of that. But he, despite all of that, um, did it. So, you know, we can argue that it may have been justified for him to respond with rage or you know putting mary on blast but after all that you know if she was not pregnant by him then the most logical explanation was that then she was either raped okay 
or she committed adultery at that point. Yeah, and um, I think that's one of the things that I like. I love because uh, Matthew does describe Joseph as a righteous man. Yeah, yeah. and he was faithful to the law, and so I'm kind of envisioning him as like. You know, he's like trying to be faithful to law, but then also trying to be faithful to his covenant with Mary. And Mm -hmm. um, he was legally justified to divorce her, which he essentially planned to do. But he, I mean, the Bible doesn't say, but it it seems like he possibly considered the severe consequences of that decision on Mary as well. Because um, especially culturally, he knew that divorcing her for, let's say, like infidelity would have caused her to be stoned or ostracized by the community. Um, and he could have very well allowed culture standards to consume his heart and his mind and to dictate that response. Yeah. But instead, he just goes upstream and he makes a decision in his heart that he wants to end the relationship, which totally understandably, totally justifiably, but he, he expresses mercy. Yeah. And he does it. Uh, his intention was essentially to do it quietly, so that he would not, you know, to rid her of any shame. You know. Yeah, and we'll say like if we're talking about going upstream, so this is against what culture would have done. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. Terry or Mori Mari, however we say his name. You well, know those type of shows. It. We do know that it is prevalent. Not only that divorce is prevalent, but the nastiness of divorce. Um, you know, friends picking yeah. sides, all those things, it, exposing mm-hmm. people and everything um, that happened. I mean, I saw one uh, video one time where um, I forgot if it was the guy or the girl. I think it was the girl that was exposing the guy on things that had happened, you know, in the bedroom, but like publicly to everybody and they were so mad at each other that mm-hmm. I mean things that are very private that did not need to be shared and outspoken to people about things that they trusted each other in the bedroom with um, insecurities all those types of things was put on blast so we know culturally that's yeah. something that's either accepted people are entertained by it um, people have no shame or fear in doing it and those are the things are the ways that we see people naturally wanting to go to I mean I think that's part of our sin nature and you know things that 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 are prevalent in the things that we see but again he chose to not go that route and and choose a very different route here which was not exposing her to that public disgrace yeah and i have seen that too eric i've seen it on tiktok um i've seen it on facebook where someone's just so upset and what do they do they go on facebook they update their status and they just go off and it's like You know, I, I, I think the lesson here is that no one would think that it's that it's unjustifiable for Joseph to be upset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With within the context, the limited context that he had. So yeah. I would not say, Oh man, like Joseph, what you know, what kind of man is he? Like he just got upset. No, for getting like upset, yeah. It was what he chose while being upset it was what he chose to do how he responded um so that's really good um all right number two yeah number two so number two was that he was obedient to what the lord commanded so um as we read the angel of the lord appears to him in a dream and he commands joseph to take mary as his wife explaining that the child conceived is from the holy spirit 
and that he will be, be um and that he will be born to take the sins of the world. I just have to say this is another um provision of God. Like he sees Joseph in his condition and he comes to him yeah. to reveal himself to him. So how does Joseph go upstream again? He lays down his own agenda, putting aside his decision to divorce Mary. You know, yeah. and of course, like we cannot, I know I cannot imagine the depth of his humility and embarrassment and even a courage and faith, but because he could have walked away altogether, but instead he submitted himself to God's greater plan. Yeah. And I think that there is, um, there's another lesson to be learned from Joseph here. And that is, you know, just like we discussed in our last episode is that we are to be obedient even when our circumstances feel chaotic or uncertain. Yeah. Um, especially when, you know, it feels that way. So again, it's not just, um, you know, he had the choice to completely ignore the, the angel of the Lord, but instead he, he said he partnered with God and he said, yes. Yeah. Yep. Very upstream. So at this point he's married and his wife is pregnant and I'm sure not very many people know. It's just him, Mary, God, and I'm sure some of the close friends uh, around Mary. Um, like Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yep. And there's nothing keeping him and Mary from consummating their marriage at that point. But the third way we feel Joseph goes upstream here is by having no union with her until the child is born. Um, the angel did not command that whenever they came. I mean, just said to stay with her, didn't say stay with her and, you know, don't do anything yet. But Joseph, you know, raised that standard and, you know, he was a righteous man. It did say that. And um, honestly, any other man could have taken advantage of the situation or even made himself feel better by taking on the woman in that way. But Joseph didn't. He held that standard and he again prioritized God's plans um, and chose not to lie with, I mean, we're trying to be so politically correct here without saying the words. Don't <laughs> be politically correct. Like our pursuers are adults. Hey. Like they didn't have sex. <laughs> and so they didn't do that. <laughs> I'm going to let you say that. Um, but no, yeah. And so he didn't. Uh, that's, I'm sure that's really hard. I mean, for any man, we know, we know yeah. for any man, that is something that's really hard to do. And because he was a righteous man, he chose not to do that, but I'm sure he had the same desires as any other man does uh, and woman um, to do something like that, especially after, you know, you're, you know, you're married with that person, which we know often a lot of people speed up marriages for that sake alone. They've been holding out so long and, you know, yeah. they want to get married and they want to get to that next step and be able to have those desires um, in the way that God has ordained them. But he didn't and he raised that standard. So that's definitely going upstream to some of the things that we see these days. Yeah, I would imagine that he just feared the Lord, you know, um, he yeah. had that healthy fear of the Lord yeah. and, and he just didn't mess with what God was doing. And it's so good. Um, the fourth way that uh, we feel that um, Joseph went upstream is protecting his family. I mean, the whole nativity story is one of many events. I mean, they were totally displaced. They were forced to leave Nazareth to go to Bethlehem. So they were traveling more than 80 miles. And, you know, we know the story, right? Like yeah. they couldn't find um, uh, an inn for her to give birth. So um, here's 
Joseph, you know, finding a place for them. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I'm sure that a stable was like not his idea of where he wanted his wife to give birth, you know. But yeah. um, the point is that he 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 finds a way, and and then he's also there next to Mary, giving um, helping her give birth and helping her um, navigate that whole process, and um, mm-hmm. having to rely purely on God's providence, presence, and angelic voices to really guide him throughout that journey, because as he was kind of going in and out, the um, angel of the Lord was the one directing his steps and telling him, which is really interesting, because remember, up until this point, they don't have the Holy Spirit, so who's guiding them, right? Yeah. So the yep. angel of the of the Lord is guiding them and giving him direction, because mm-hmm. there were people, um, especially King Herod, had... Um, basically threatened to kill all the the children under two years old and so now joseph is going around trying to make sure that he's following this direction because he knows that that's where god's protection and provision is um but once again he doesn't give into the circumstances he doesn't give Mm -hmm. into the fear instead he just rises up as a man to feel to fulfill his god's given responsibility to protect his family and he does that all the way throughout one of the things that i was reading is that you don't really hear much about joseph um because the last i think the last time we see him in scripture is when jesus is at 12 years old and they're and um they left him or he stayed at the temple remember and they came Mm. back to go get him (laughs) and after that we don't hear anything else about joseph and so it um so the presumption or the assumption is that maybe he that he may have died at a at Jesus like when Jesus was younger, mm. but we're, but they're not sure, mm. you know. <sighs> Joseph's amazing. Um, I always try to like think about this, and I'm like, okay, does my husband have these characters? Tall order. <laughs> yeah and i would say he does like it always makes me love my husband even more so just learning like just watching how joseph is um and his just demeanor and his way and approach to situations reminds me a lot of my husband and how he kind of approaches them very level-headed um he's not a hothead he you know thinks rationally about things and um he holds a lot of re- responsibility on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he does that really well. And I feel like that's what Joseph's doing here. All right. We got. Well, and I also, I like that you bring that up. I'm so sorry. I also love that you're bringing that up, Erica, because I think it also humanizes Joseph. Yeah. Because many times we look at the Christmas story as a Christmas story and as if it's like this, it's just that it's a, <laughs> story, a story, but it's in Joseph. It's just another character in a story, mm. but no, like he was a man. He was yeah. a person. Um, and he was a husband. He was a father, um, just like David is. And so I feel like that helps us. At least it helps me to hear you talk about David that way. It helps me realize that. Yeah. Like that's how I see how I might see David himself. Right. Is yeah. exactly how people around Joseph may have seen him. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, this is not a hypothetical scenario. This is literally the, the history of our yeah. savior, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're already at number five. So he took in a child that wasn't even his, you know? Yeah. This is my favorite part of this. <laughs> so like it was an important command, right? That Joseph was given uh, to you know, personally name the child. 
And this was significance because it acknowledged that Jesus was his son. Biologically, Jesus yeah. was conceived by the Holy Spirit and therefore the son of God. But legally, he was the son mm. of Joseph and the heir to the promises of David. And so you can see the genealogy in uh, Jesus in Matthew 1. It's kind of starts, the story starts in that way of kind of showing the mm. genealogy. But, you know, not every guy is going to take in somebody else's child that's not theirs mm-hmm. for whatever the reason, right? The, whatever the circumstance. Um, but specifically in this one, he trusted the Lord. He trusted the angel and what the angel was saying. And he chose and made a decision to move forward with not only the marriage, but the raising of this child and this child that we consider um, our you know, savior. Yeah, that's so good. One of the one of the things that I was considering that I don't know why it stood out to me and maybe like this was obvious to other people, but it just hasn't always it wasn't really obvious to me until I was just sort of studying more about Joseph. But, um, you know, we we know many of us know that Jesus was a carpenter, but I didn't know that Joseph was also a carpenter. So that was his trade. So Mm -hmm. even though um, Joseph was not his biological father, he raises Jesus to know the teachings and the law of the Lord, right? So he he literally like um, teaches his child in the or instructs his child in the way he should go. Mm, like he teaches yeah. Jesus, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, he teaches Jesus his trade, and mm. um and so it reminds me a lot of what um what David Jones was saying in our in our episode on obedience about the time spent with his father. And I was like, yes, like this is how I picture I picture Joseph, you know, mm-hmm. doing, you know, his his carpentry and Jesus sitting with him and just like yeah. watching what his dad is doing. And it, it got me thinking that you know, there's really no other man that we know of or that scripture reveals that experienced a dream specifically about the coming of Jesus. Like an angel of the Lord came to Joseph specifically and told him Mm -hmm. that this was the son of God. And there was no other man again that I see in scripture that was there at his birth. There's no other man that lived through his childhood, you know, so close to him that we know of from what scripture reveals. And so I'm like, shout out to Joseph, Joseph. you know, yeah. So I don't know. I am. I don't know. There's something about about this specific man that I've never just taken time. He's almost like a footnote on a <laughs> on the Christmas story. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, and so I'm really glad that we just kind of did this. And shout out to just any of the men out there who. If you have a husband who is, um, or if you happen to be listening to this and you know, you're know you listening to how yeah. we're talking about Joseph and you resonate with some of this and this is kind of who you are, shout out to you for going upstream and you know choosing to go the route that is obedient to the Lord and um, who chooses to you know not go public to disgrace women, but to honor them and to love them mm. and Shout out to those who have taken in children who are not theirs and have loved them as their mm-hmm. own. Shout out to those who have held their virginity until marriage. 
and until it was appropriate and right for them. So if you fall in that category, shout out to Joseph, but also shout out to you uh, for being a man that's going upstream. And yeah, and I I was going to say, you know, too, like shout out to the guys who display kindness under difficult circumstances or who have the courage to face their fears and just follow Jesus and his plans and Mm -hmm. who are um, in tune with the Lord and not just receiving guidance from God, but also like actually stepping out, um, you know, so, so yeah, like shout out to to all these men. Definitely. Well, we hope this conversation brings up a different perspective to your Christmas season. And as we enter into the holidays, we want to let you know that this is our last episode of the season. We are going to resume again on February 6th, as we'll be spending our holidays being fully present with our families. And we encourage you guys to do the same. Yes, I can't believe like we're saying this, but um, we really did not want to end this year without sharing just how grateful we are for you pursuers and what a gift you have been to us. We want to thank you so much for your texts and your emails um, and for letting us know how your conversations are impacting you and challenging you. This might be a shock to you, but if I can be super transparent Um, There are times where Erica and I are like, is what we're doing really making a difference? And every time we get a text from one of you, um, just encouraging us. And so uh, your support, your encouragement and your messages mean the world to us. And we just want to say thank you. Yeah, you already make me cry. (laughs) Our pursuers do mean a lot. It's two years, Erica. It's two years. We're going to be going into 2023 on year three already. So it feels like it's gone by so fast. But um, it would not be as fun if we didn't have you pursuers along uh, for the ride with us. So, yes, thank you so much for your encouragement. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And don't forget, let's stand for truth, pursuers.